Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Jay Eberly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. So good to see you tonight. Amen. Greet them if you would. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, it's always nice to find out that the person beside you is friendly. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. I, I don't think Kim said this. I wanted to mention this. Because of the nature of healing school, we know that folks could be coming who have special needs. They might be needing, you know, a wheelchair. Most of the time, if they need one, they'll probably bring it themselves. But someone might come and they need a more comfortable seat or they may need maybe even a cot or something like that. We just want to let you know that if you're in need of any of those kinds of things, we want to provide that for you. So please let us know so we can accommodate you. And we want to do that. We want to let you know that. We're very accustomed. My wife and I got our, our start ministering um, in, in a place called a healing school. And we ministered to the sick. We were used to people getting up. And uh, sometimes because, because of the you know, condition that they were coming to receive healing from, um, they weren't able to sit you know, for a long time in a chair. Or maybe they, you know, they uh, had to get up and leave and use the restroom more often than usual, or maybe they had to go take medication or maybe something like that, you know, maybe, maybe they made a little noise. Well, we're used to that. We, we, we want you to know that we understand that. So please tell your friends if you uh, know people that aren't coming because of, you know, they don't want to uh, be a bother to us, let them know that we want them to come anyway and we want to help them and accommodate them. All right. So would you help us get the word out on that? And then of course, um, you understand that if you don't need that, don't just do that on purpose. <laughs> just move around on purpose because you see everybody else doing it. Amen. I want to say this. Um, whenever, we, whenever we ministered in the healing school at the ministry that we started in, we, we found some things, we learned some things um, that we could help people to help, let us help them better. And so I want to share just a few of those with you tonight before we get any further. Is that all right? Yeah. One is that give us, or get, really not just us, we're not doing this in ourselves, but give God, give Jesus, give the healer, give the Holy Ghost, give the Word. At least as much opportunity as you would give your medical doctor. You know, if he says, well, take this three times, come back and see me in a week, you know, three times a day, come back and see me in a week, well, then just follow the instructions that God gives you for divine healing. And uh, don't think, well, I went there once and, you know, that's enough. You didn't do that to your doctor, so don't do that to God. Yes. Amen. Somebody said, well, I thought God was just God and he could just do it. And if he did it, it'd be done. And if he didn't do it, it's not going to. No, there's, there's times in the Bible, the Bible said, for example, the Bible says they were healed as they went. It was a process for them. The very word heal, if you look it up, the very word heal means to the recovery of the body from a diseased condition. And that's not always something that happens instantly. You know, 
Proverbs chapter 4 says over there, if you will get there eventually, you can look at it, if you want to write down your notes, look at it before you, you know, before you go to bed tonight. Proverbs 4 verses 20 through 23 says, My son, attend to my words. My son, attend to my words. Attend is not a, uh, you know, one-time look kind of a thing. Attend means pay attention. Give, give your attention to it. Then he said, Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. And then he said this, For they are life unto those that find them and medicine to all their flesh. Uh, health. King James says health, but if you look up the word literally in the Hebrew, it means medicine. Medicine to all their flesh. Well, then God's word is medicine for us. Say that out loud. God's word, God's word is medicine. Is medicine. Amen. Amen. To all, say this, to all my flesh. Well, that would be your bone flesh. That would be your, your heart flesh, your liver flesh, your feet flesh, your skin flesh. Every part of your flesh, all your flesh. It'll, it's life or medicine to all your flesh. Health to all your flesh. Well, then we know then that God's got medicine just like the doctors in the hospital have medicine or the clinic have medicine. And uh, you've never taken one medication from the doctor here at the hospital or anything that, that as soon as you took it, wham, bam, just like that, it was done. And it was all over for you. Huh? Come on now. Same thing true with God's medicine. Amen. You can just keep on taking it, keep on taking it. Now, it doesn't mean God takes God long. I'm not saying it takes God long. It doesn't take his word long. You're not waiting on him. I don't mean that. I'm just, I'm just saying that, uh, you know, it, it takes us sometimes to get the Word of God into us, just like it takes time for that medicine to get into you. You've got to assimilate it, you know, into your system. And that doesn't happen overnight. It takes God time for, get, to get things into us. It doesn't take Him time to do anything, but it does take Him time sometimes to get the truth into us. So give God as, at least as much opportunity as you would give your doctor. And I would encourage you to give God more opportunity. Amen. Amen. All right. So we're going to do that. Everybody say, we're here to receive. We're here to receive. And so we're going to take God's medicine according to instructions. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now let me say this. I say this strong. I say it bold. I say it confidently because it's true. Amen. That is that we can help you. No, we're not the healer by, by a long shot. If you're looking to me, then you're going to be greatly disappointed. But I'm saying we have learned some things from the Word that, that work. And we definitely, definitely can help you. Definitely can help you. Now let me say it this way. If you'll work with us and give God chance through His Word, through the things we're sharing and preaching... We'll get you. I don't mean we like we have the power. I mean, we'll get you to the healer is what I mean. But I'm saying we'll get you healed because we'll get you to the healer. You know. So I just encourage you. Uh, we've been doing this a long, long time. We were talking to somebody the other day and they said, well, that was a different anointing because they, they go to church here and, and they were, they're used to me in the pulpit in the church. They said, that was a different anointing. I told my wife on the way home, you know, they hit that right on the head. Wham, bam, pow, hit it right on the head. It was a different anointing. It wasn't pastored last Monday night. That pastor anointing's for church. That's not what's going to operate here in this. Totally different anointing. I said, she hit it. The lady that said that, wham, hit it. <laughs> 
Praise the Lord. So we're now it's going to take me a little bit of practice to, you know, I don't know if you've ever, uh, have you ever, you guys, for example, have you ever played basketball? How many of you guys played basketball maybe in high school? Maybe you quit and didn't get to college, but you played in high school on the team. Hold up your hand. Well, then, uh, you know, you kind of let it down for a number of years, right? You let it down. You didn't play much for a number of years. But then later on, you thought, man, I need to get some exercise. You know, I'm developing the role of a husband, you know, just kind of, so I need some exercise. So, you know, so you went to pick it back up. How many of you guys, you know, you couldn't pick it back up just right where you were whenever you left high school? I mean, you tried to do the same thing and it just didn't work like it used to work. <laughs> right? Well, the same thing's true with, with yielding to, to anointings. Hallelujah. So just give me a little time to work with this. We'll get back in it as strong as we had it on the road. Amen. It's a different anointing. And, and uh, to be honest with you, we haven't flowed in it much at the church. But um, God told me Saturday night, I was preparing. I was getting so happy about this service. I was having trouble thinking about Sunday morning service. God told me Saturday night, he said, you're entering into another dimension of that healing anointing. Praise God. So it takes faith to yield to that. You have to, it takes, it's just like, you know, riding a bike. You have to kind of learn it. And then if you don't do it for a while, you just have to kind of pick it back up again. It doesn't take long, but you can get right back on it. Amen. So, all right, you ready to, ready to work with that tonight? I want to go to, uh, over to the book of Isaiah. Let's open up to some references on some things we were sharing last Monday night. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say this out loud. Say, Jesus is the healer. Jesus is the healer. And he still heals today. He still heals today. Amen. Amen. When we talk about healing, we're primarily speaking about physical healing in the physical body. So um, let's go to the book of Isaiah, the 10th chapter. We're going to look at some references. We're going to kind of go fast here at the beginning. Recap some things we shared last Monday night. Hallelujah. How many of you enjoyed that last Monday night? Those testimonies. Praise the Lord. Now we find here in Isaiah 10, we'll look at verse number 27. It, comes, it shall come to pass that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder. This is talking about the burden of the enemy if you look at the context. And uh, Jesus is referring to this in the New Testament about the enemy of Satan. The burden of Satan be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Amen. Praise God. Everybody say, because of the anointing. Of the anointing. Destroy means an utter end to it. Shall not rise up the second time. God, God wants to do things in such a way where, okay, it's done the rest of your life. And the anointing can do that. Nahum 1.9 says that it'll not rise up the second time. Now that doesn't mean Satan won't try to come back. But what I mean is the anointing is good enough to cure you, but not only cure you, to keep you healed for the rest of your life. Amen. I used to have headaches and get, get the flu and all that kind of stuff. But it's been a long time since I've had that stuff. <laughs> Praise God. It's, it's just good to live healed and healthy. So the yoke, say the yoke, the yoke shall be destroyed. Because of, the because of the anointing. Well, we don't know much about the anointing. It's not been taught much. But we're going to spend, the Lord told me to start with this. 
I wanted to start in some other places, but go over to Acts 10 now. Jesus, uh, uh, actually the writer of the book of Acts, Luke is the human man that God used to write this, the Acts, book of Acts. He said this in the 10th chapter, speaking about Jesus. Acts 10, verse, let's, let's get back up, verse number 34. Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive God is no respecter of persons. Oh, that's, that's good right there. How many of you know if he healed one, he'll heal all? Because he's no respecter of persons. In every nation, he that fears him and works righteousness is accepted with him. The, God, the word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. Now, the word peace means nothing missing and nothing broken. Amen. Uh, we, I don't know. There's so many things we could get on. We don't have time to get to it. But whenever the Bible talks about peace, it's not just talking about sound or, you know, tranquility of heart and mind. That's, that's certainly peace, but it's much more than that. Actually, the Bible talks, the same word translated peace is translated prosperity quite often. To, to the word save, the Greek word translated into the New Testament, save. You know, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. You remember that? That same Greek word is translated heal. Praise God. So when you get saved, there's a, it's a package deal. You get your sin is forgiven, of course, and, and not just forgiven, remitted. But then also healing is a part of that package. Amen. Went about doing good and healing right here. We're getting ready to read. So it means soundness of mind. It means healing. It means preservation. It means wholeness. It means uh, peace. It means all those things. Saved, redeemed from the curse of the law. So that's what belongs to us as believers. He preached that. Jesus went about preaching that. And we, we're going to look at Luke 4 in a minute and, and hear about what he preached. But he said, the word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word I say you know, which was published. Amen. The word published literally means come to pass or happen. Show forth or sounded. It's translated both ways. So it not only was sounded, not only did Jesus preach it, but it happened. The word Jesus preached happened. In other words, whenever he preached the spirit of the Lord's on me, it would come on him. Whenever he said, it's, he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, that anointing would happen. People would get the, the yoke of destruction broken off of them. You know. <laughs> that word was preached. But he said, uh, Jesus preached it. Now let's look what it said. You know, it was published or it happened throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. Now notice that's where Jesus started preaching this. And this is where it started happening after John baptized Jesus in the River Jordan. Now how many remember that, 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 that time whenever Jesus was baptized? The Bible said he saw heaven open and the, and, and the Holy Ghost coming on him in the bodily shape as a dove. Now, why did Jesus just then start preaching what, what this message that he was going about preaching? Because, let's notice what he went about preaching. He said, it happened to the baptism which John preached, and here's what it was. Here's what Jesus preached, and here's what happened. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost with power. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. That's what he preached. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. That's what he preached. <laughs> But it not only was preached, it happened. 
I told you last Monday night, Monday night, I don't want to just tell stories about the 1950s. I don't even want to tell stories about whenever we traveled on the road. Now, those help us. We can learn things. But I'm saying I want some up-to-date, current, something that can be published in tomorrow's newspaper. <laughs> Amen. Glory. So uh, how God anointed, that's what he published. That's what was preached. That's what was happening. And uh, notice how it says here that this was published after, began after, or excuse me, and uh, was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. So why didn't Jesus start preaching that until the baptism that John preached? Because you can't preach it. You better not preach something you don't have. Whenever it came on him, that's whenever the miracles started happening. Now, we have no record of anything happening before that. Did you know that? You can read the Gospels very clearly, and there was no record of any healings before that. What does that tell us? Well, number one, let's think about it for a moment. Was Jesus the Son of God the day he was born in that manger? Yeah, of course he was. Was he at the Son of God at one-year-old, two-year-old, three-year-old, 15 years old? Well, 12 years old, he's, you know, he had that experience in the temple. 12 years old, yes, he's the Son of God. What about 15? What about 17? 19? 21, you know, that's the legal age. Something must have happened to 21. Don't have record of any healings, any miracles. Remember the one that the water turned wine. It says, this beginning of miracles. That was the first miracle he did. How old was he when that happened? He was 30 years old. Why didn't anything happen before that? You ever thought about that? He was the son of God, wasn't he? Sure he was. <laughs> Why didn't anything happen? Well, let's think about when it did start happening. It happened whenever the Holy Ghost came on him. So the reason apparently that it didn't happen before that is because he wasn't doing it because he was the Son of God. I, now listen, I didn't say he wasn't the Son of God. I said that must not have been the reason he was doing these things. Yes, he was the Son of God, but that must not have been the reason. If it would have been, he'd have done them earlier than that. But the reason that he was doing it, it was these miracles, was because the Spirit, he got up and told us why. He, he said, the Spirit of the Lord's upon me. Yeah. Luke 4, we're going to look at it. In fact, yeah. go over there and we'll look at it right now. He said, the Spirit of the Lord's upon me. Yeah. And he's anointed me. Yeah. Now, I didn't say he wasn't the Son of God. He was the Son of God the whole time, still is right now today, the Son of God. But he wasn't ministering to the sick, healing and doing supernatural things because he was the Son of God. Sometimes people say he was, but you read scriptures very carefully. He wasn't doing anything. No, no miracles, no signs and wonders. Amen. Now, in person, he was the Son of God, but in ministry, he wasn't ministering that way. He was ministering just like anybody today would minister. That is, as a man, because we know he was God and man in the same time, he was doing it as a man anointed by the Holy Ghost. Now, no wonder he said to you and I and people that believe on him, the, the miracles that I do, the works that I do, shall you do also. Remember John chapter number 14? He said, the works that I do, you'll do all. Well, see, we, we're not the Redeemer, the Messiah. We can't. So we, if he's doing it because he's the Redeemer, the Messiah, the, the Lamb who takes away the sins of the world, which he was all those things. But I'm saying if he was doing it because of those, because that's who he was, then forget about us doing it. Isn't that right? Because we're not the Redeemer, the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Amen. <laughs> but see, now he wasn't doing it because that's who he was. 
lot of Christians stumble over that. The works that I do, Jesus said, you'll do also. Well, how did he do what he did? He did it by that anointing. That's why he got around and preached. The Spirit of the Lord's on me. Now, you, you, sometimes Christians, they, because they just had religious ideas about things and not really studied the Word, they don't realize what I'm getting ready to say is true, but it's absolutely the truth. You go through, you start in Matthew 1, 1 and read all the way through and check out how many times Jesus said he was the Son of God. Very seldom did he mention it. Just, just a few times. Just a few times. In other words, that wasn't what he was going around and preaching. Did you know that? But we find here what he was preaching. He was publishing this. The Spirit of the Lord's on me. That's what he was preaching. And now over here in Luke chapter number 4. Luke 4 tells us that, uh, it tells us an account of Jesus doing this. He said, Luke 4 verse number, uh, let's start in verse number 18. Uh, let's see here. Get the right page. It says in verse number Let's go back to verse number 16. Came to Nazareth where he had been brought up as his custom was. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. There was delivered unto him, now notice this, as his custom was. This was his custom. There was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. In other words, he's reading this right out loud. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Now, notice this is his custom. In other words, this isn't the only place he did this. He said that this was his custom. He said, the spirit of the Lord's on me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal. So notice he's saying, this anointing is on me to do certain things. It's to preach the gospel, to heal the brokenhearted. So, so far we've seen preaching and healing. To preach deliverance to the captives. So deliverance. Recovering of sight to the blind. That's certainly healing. To set at liberty them that are bruised. There's a lot to that. We could spend a lot of time on that. But to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. So he's telling them the anointing is on him to preach and to heal. If, if you boil it down into two categories, preaching to minister, minister healing, minister uh, recovery of diseases, you know, deliverance from oppression and things like that. He said the anointing is on him to do that. And he published that. He started doing that whenever the, he got baptized in the River Jordan, according to Acts. And he's all through, it said through all Judea, began in Galilee, went through all Judea. In other words, everywhere he went, he said, the spirit of the Lord's on me. Woo, glory to God. Now, let's go over here. Let's go to the book of, uh, mm, let's see here. Let's get this right. We want to hit this right. Let's go over to the book of Mark, I think. Let's go to the sixth chapter of the book of Mark. And uh, let's notice something that the Bible says, notice uh, the sixth chapter of the book of Mark, verse number 53. We're just going to take a little time to teach here tonight. We've got to study this anointing. Jesus was anointed with the healing anointing. But he's, if you look in the book of Acts, then we'll get over there, and he wasn't the only one healed, ministering with the healing anointing. And neither today. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father today. But he's still healing by anointing men or women as he chooses to, to minister to the sick. Mark 6 says in verse 53, When they had passed over, they're over the sea there, they took a boat and went across the sea. They came to the land of Gennesaret. And they drew to the shore. And when he was come out of the ship, straightway they knew him. 
And they ran through that whole region roundabout, began to carry about in beds those that were sick, where they heard he was. And whithersoever he entered into village or city or country, they laid the sick in the streets, besought him that they might touch, if it were, but the border of his garment. As many as touched were made whole. Woo! Glory to God. Well, now, notice what it says there, that they did this after they knew him. After they knew him. Oh, that, that's not real clear what that's, you know, what's, what's that talking about? Let's go back to Matthew's account. You know, the certain gospel writers... Um, would record the same thing that another gospel writer recorded. So let's see if we can get any more understanding in this. Let's go back to the 14th chapter of the book of Matthew. Let's see here. I think I'm right. Um, let's see here. I think I'm all right. Let's go to the Matthew, the, third, the 14th chapter. Notice with me starting in verse number 34. Now this is the same account we just read in Mark's account. I mean the same incident. Both Matthew and Mark recorded it. Now verse number, 30, uh, verse number 34, when they were gone over, they came to the land of Gennesaret. Isn't that what that said in that other passage? And when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent out into all that country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased. Now notice that, hold that in your mind, all that were diseased. And besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment, as many as touched were made perfectly whole. How many? As many as touched were made perfectly whole. They brought unto him all that were diseased, and as many as touched were made perfectly whole. So Jesus is ministering healing here. But notice in Mark's account it said when they knew him. And then in Matthew's account, it says that, uh, I love this Matthew's, Matthew's account just kind of rings a note with me. It said, when they had knowledge of him. Well, when they had knowledge of him, they did something specific. You know, the knowledge they had of him must not have been, well, he's, he was, uh, you know, he, he grew up down there in Nazareth, you know, and he was born to Mary. You know, they thought Joseph was his dad, but he wasn't, you know, you know, but so they, it must not have been some kind of natural knowledge that wouldn't have made, you know, you've never met, you ever met somebody and they said, I want to introduce you to my aunt. Yeah. yeah how you doing? Good. Good to meet you. What's your name? You never say, <laughs> you know, isn't that right? Because you find out her name's Sue, you know, so the knowledge they got made them do what they did. So what we find here then is the knowledge they got was that Jesus was anointed with healing anointing because that's what they brought. They brought the sick. Isn't that right? And Jesus published that everywhere he went. Now, no doubt. Now, I, I, if I remember right, I could be wrong about this, but I think this is the, the same place here where Jesus had another time going across and cast that demon out of the madman of Gadara. And remember, Jesus set him free. Remember, he had been naked. And then after that, he was, remember, he put clothes on because that demon was cast out of him, you know. I think the Bible says that after Jesus set him free, they found him sitting clothed and in his right mind. I've always thought those things go together, clothed and in your right mind. You know what I'm talking about? You see people sometimes, they're about half naked and you think they're not in their right mind. Anyway, I just thought I'd share that. It's certainly not the Holy Ghost that's making them do that. 
Amen. I came into service. This is way back when we first moved in here. A lady had started coming to church. We were glad to have her, except, man, every time she sat down, you know, um, you know she'd sit down and, and she'd cross her legs. You can see all the way to Dallas, you know. <laughs> so finally, I had to get my wife to help her and she'd cover her up. But she, you know, some people, they just want to show some things off. Finally, I said, now, I, and, I, and I dealt with it publicly. Somebody said, what did she do? Well, she didn't come back, but see, that's just fine with me. Because she's probably not here to get the word. And uh, if you think you're going to get to me, you're going to have to come through this lady right here. I ain't stupid, you know. Anyway, how I got on that. But anyway, so... They found this man, he had been, the devil had cast, been cast out, and he's in his right mind. So here, <laughs> uh, Jesus wanted to go back across the, the, the sea again in that boat and go back where he had been. And this man wanted to go with him. Remember that? Well, I think this is Mark 10. You can re read it later. And the Bible said that Jesus said, no, don't come back. He said, go tell thy friends what, what things God has done for you and has had compassion on you. So he must have went around and told everybody. I'm that guy that used to be out there in the tombs, you know. Remember me? That, this is me. Look. Jesus set me free. Hallelujah. So whenever he came, whenever he came across this time, they, that message must have gotten out. And somebody said, that's Jesus. That's the one that has that anointing on him. So they started gathering up people, you know. Now, it either could have been that or Jesus maybe could have preached it or the message got across what he preached or something. But the point is, they knew there's that one that God's anointing is on. And then the Bible talks about in certain places where the fame of him was spread abroad. You know, and, and what that fame was, it wasn't something natural and carnal like Hollywood kind of fame. You know, pff, who cares about that? But the fame was... the. The, the, the notoriety that he got is that he was he, healing people and that, that anointing was on him to heal. Amen. Well, then uh, if Jesus said that he was anointed, what would be wrong with somebody else that got anointed saying they were anointed? Faith comes by hearing, you know. Hallelujah. So they had knowledge of him. Everybody say they had knowledge of him. Now, let me say something here. This is... This is uh, the healing, what we call the healing anointing. Jesus, the Bible said he went about doing good. This is Matthew 4, Matthew 9 also says, verse 35, Matthew 4 or something, verse 35 or something. <laughs> it says in a number of places, he went about all their cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And so he was anointed to do all three of those things. Isn't that right? All right, well, with that in mind, uh, Acts says he went about and published. He told about that anointing. And people that would believe it, they would receive that anointing. And they, that anointing would go into them. And you know the story of the woman with the issue of blood many times. In fact, if you study Jesus' ministry, looking at, you know, and I've done it for years. Amen. Amen. Boy, I tell you something, if you... <clears throat> I don't know where the notes are, but there's, a, there's some things I just, I just wish I had time to get into. Right here's a... Right here is the account of all of the ministry of Jesus, all his individual healings right here. And what he did and how he ministered to all these different people. And it has each reference listed. Depending on how you break it down. Uh, now these are just the individuals healed. There's about, uh, 
really about 30, 30 or 31, depending if you add in some of the people that are set free from demons. It's just, you know, different people count different because depending on what they add in. And some accounts don't give much detail, you know. Now, that doesn't mean there's only 30 people healed in Jesus' ministry because right here's a list of eight different accounts where it talks about the multitudes being healed. Like we just read one, as many as touched were made whole. So there were multitudes and multitudes of people healed in Jesus' ministry. And John, at the end of his book, said if everything Jesus had done was written in a book, there wouldn't be room enough in the world to contain all the books. Now, that's in three years, three and a half years, depending on how you look at it. Wow. So there was a lot of people healed. You understand? But if you study this, and I've done it extensively, I wish we could spend time on each of these cases. Hopefully we can get some time on some of these cases because it'll, you know, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. The ones that are in there, if there's so many of them, why don't we have record of all of them? Because the Holy Ghost handpicked these. He wanted us to know. Okay, right here's something you need to know about how this works. And so this were given by, these accounts were given by inspiration. And so we ought to study those and it's given for our profit. But if you study through this, vast majority of the people that were healed were healed by this tangible healing anointing. Vast majority of them. Now that's not the only way. There's about, that depending on how you look at it, there's about five different methods that Jesus used to minister to the sick in his ministry. Now that doesn't mean that that's all the methods that there are in the Bible. Because Jesus gave us one that we never see him using. If two of you agree on earth is touching anything they ask, it'll be done. Well, Jesus said that'll work, but he didn't, we don't ever see him using that. Hallelujah. Now, here's one that the Bible gives us that Jesus didn't use, and I'm getting somewhere. Remember over there in James chapter number 5? You remember that? James 5, 14, 15, down in verse 16. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Remember that? And let them do what? Let them, huh? No, no, go turn to it. Go turn to it. Now, why am I sharing all this? See, we've got to understand there's different methods of healing. That's the reason I'm sharing all this. See, many times we've just got ourselves focused in on one method. And we think that's the only way. No, that's not the only way. There are many methods that Jesus ministered and then the Bible talks about some more. Here's one. Now, you, you, your mind right away might challenge me on this, but... But, you know, uh, he that answers a matter before he hears, it's a fool, the Bible said. But think about this. Here's one Jesus never used that we have record of. Uh, verse number 14. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. We never see Jesus anointing anybody with oil. Now, somebody said, I wonder why he didn't do that. Well, see, now the oil is a type of the Holy Ghost. You can look through the Bible and find that to be true, can't you? Oil is a type of the Holy Ghost. And, uh, and uh, in this case, he said, let them anoint him with oil. Uh, let call for the elders of the church. Let him uh, anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. And let them pray. And, and excuse me. Uh, and let them, let me, let me start in verse 14. Any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the, of the church. And let them what? Pray, pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. So when, they, when the Bible says pray over him, that means right there in his presence, doesn't it? Because it says let them pray over him, anointing him with oil. Anointing, in other words, while they're praying, they anoint him with oil. Isn't that right? 
Now, why am I going into such details? Because people, people just have their, their mind focused on one thing. Yeah. One thing, and, and they think that's the only way to receive. Well, guess what? If you, and, if you and I get locked into one thing, but God has seven, eight, or nine different ways of doing it, let's say we lock into one and God has seven ways, then we've, we've blocked out. How, what percent is that? Six, six, no, not 16%. That's, we've only, huh? 85% of the people we're going to miss. In other words, a lot of people won't receive. Right. Who could if we'd let God do, do, do it all different ways? Ah, right there's a key. Hallelujah. So anointing him with oil. Let them pray. Everybody say pray. Pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the, and the what? Prayer. Prayer. Everybody say prayer. What kind of prayer? Well, just pray. Throw one up there and see it. Hope it hits. <laughs> no, prayer of faith. Prayer of faith. In other words, this is prayer that releases faith. This is prayer that believes something. The prayer of faith shall save. Now, remember I said the word save translated healed. That, this is the word translated healed and saved different places. Here they translated it saved, but it's, the context is healing, isn't it? So you can see it should have been translated healed. The prayer of faith shall heal the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he's committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Now, some of you might be struggling. Well, maybe I'm sick because I've sinned. Right? There's a verse that tells you not everybody that's sick is sick because they've sinned. This man is sick, but he said, if he's committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. So this man might not be sick because he's got some kind of sin in his life. You know, that, there's, we need to get to this. There's a whole lot of things we need to get to. But remember, Jesus came to a man, I believe this man was deaf and, deaf and dumb, I believe, or blind. I don't remember which, I don't remember the case, actually. But anyway, the Bible said, that, the disciples said, who did sin, born blind, who did sin this man or his parents that he were born blind? Remember that? Yes, sir. And people read that, what Jesus said there. Uh, he was made sick. They, they think Jesus said he was made sick so we could heal him. But you read it very closely, that's not what Jesus said. But the point is, Jesus, was, Jesus started out by saying, neither. Neither hath this man sinned or his parents. In other words, he was not sick because he had some personal sin in his life. Now, that does not mean that, that uh, Genesis is not true, where the Bible makes it plain that sickness got into the earth through sin. You understand? The curse got into the earth through sin. But that doesn't mean everybody who's sick is sick because of their personal sin. They're, they're sick because Adam opened the door to it through the sin in their now, there's sin in the earth. And so the curse is here. And you know, and you might not be sick because you personally sin, but yet right on the other hand, it's around here because this, the curse is here. Because of Adam's sin, not because of the individual's sin. See, we got to set people free from condemnation so many times. But anyway, that's all side note, free of charge. Notice what it said here. That's what it really came over here to see. Notice he said, let them pray over him, anointing him with all in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. So the Lord shall raise him up. Now, somebody said, now, is it the Lord that raises him up or is it the prayer of faith that saves the sick or heals the sick? Because notice it mentions two things there. Which one is it that does it? Well, the answer is God has his part, but man has his part. 
Isn't that right? We have our part. In other words, healing is not just a fluke. Look at that. There's one that happened. Like rolling the dice, you know. Let's see if it works tonight. No, there's certain, there's certain things that uh, God has his part, but man has a part. Isn't that right? What is man's part? Somebody said, well, let's find out what God's part is. Well, he's going to do his part no matter what. So that's not where we need to emphasize. We don't need to zone in on that part. In fact, if man, if, if man is not healed, it's not on the Lord's side. In other words, there's not something wrong with his side of things. Because he bore our sicknesses and carried our pains. He redeemed us from the curse of the law. He did what he needed to do, but man has to do his part. It's like a checker game. You know, you know you, the, the, the other guy moves, and then you've got to move, and then the other guy moves. and then, Well, what if, what if you're waiting on him to move, and, and you think it's his move, and you, it's, he's taking so long trying to figure out what he's going to do that you get bored looking at the board. And so, you know, you get distracted and look out a window, and he moves, and you don't know he moved. So now you're standing looking at the board thinking it's his move. He's looking at the board thinking it's your move. What's going to happen? Nothing. Because he made his move and he, it's your move. Isn't that right? You ever done something like that? Eventually somebody says, it's your move. You know. No, it's not. It's your move. You ever done that? And you argue whose turn it is? <laughs> People are doing that with God. They're saying, God, it's your move. Do something. He said, I did my part. I did my part. I took your sicknesses and I put it on Jesus. By his stripes, whenever those soldiers were striping him, you were healed. Were is past tense. That means he already made his move. Now, the power of God is involved to raise him up, the Lord's power raises him up, but it's the prayer of faith that heals the sick. In other words, it's the prayer of faith that gives action to that power. So there's another method right there. There's faith in and releasing faith through prayer. Now, you, your mind might challenge me on this, but you go look, look through the Gospels and see if it isn't true. You've got a Bible. <laughs> Be good for you to read it. But go through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and see if you can find Jesus standing in front of one sick person and praying for him. Say, Father, I pray for this individual. Never did do it. Never did do it. Never did do it. Doesn't mean he didn't pray for the sick. The Bible said he had a prayer life, and he'd go away and, and pray all night, and he'd get up early and out, go out in the wilderness, and he'd pray, you know. And different times he had prayer. But that was all by himself. Just talking to God. And then he came out and he said, I just do what I see my father do and I say what I hear my father say. Where did he hear it? Where did he see the father do it? In that time of prayer. He just came out and acted out what he saw himself doing. Now, somebody said, are you preaching that prayer for the sick is wrong? No, no. I'm saying that Jesus didn't minister that way. The way he ministered, like today we have so many times we have what we call a prayer line. And, and there's a place for that. Yet, if Jesus was here today, not because there's something wrong with the prayer line, but he wouldn't have a prayer line. Somebody said, well, wouldn't he pray for people? He would minister the same way he did back then because of what he had to minister. He didn't, let, he didn't anoint with oil. 
Because oil is the type of the Holy Ghost. Whenever you've got the fulfillment of the type, you don't need the type. You know what I'm talking about? You don't need the, if you've got the real Holy Ghost anointing, you don't need the oil to represent the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Let's go for the real. <laughs> but here's the thing, and neither would he pray. Why? Because prayer is wrong? No, James 5 said there's a place for that. Isn't that right? But this, this is not uh, what Jesus did. Jesus did not pray for the sick. Jesus transministered healing power to the sick by the laying on of hands, or sometimes they'd come and they'd get a hold of his garment. You know? Can you see that? It was not a prayer time. It was a ministry time. Does that make sense? So, what happens is people are coming in the, in the line and, and certain times prayer is right. If you're, if you're not anointed of the Holy Ghost to transfer healing power. See, if, if the anointing is already, is already in manifestation and it comes into the hands of the minister and that anointing comes upon him to minister, you don't need to pray, oh God, anoint me. Oh God, I want that power. All you got to do is receive. You don't have to pray and ask. You just have to receive because it's already in manifestation. And that's not prayer, it's just receiving. Yes. If, if Carlos hands me his Bible, I don't have to pray, please, please, Carlos, please, please. I don't have to do that, I just, I just receive. Isn't that right? Can you see the difference? So uh, that's the way Jesus ministered. That's the primary way he ministered. Not the only way by, any, by a long shot. But we're going to explore all these avenues that God heals in these classes. Why? Because if God moves all these ways, we need to be open to Him moving all these ways so that we can get, get as many people help as possible. Now, when we were in healing school at Kenneth Hagin Ministries, I'll never forget, uh, the man who was in charge there at the time went to Brother Hagin because Brother Hagin wasn't teaching in the classes there at the time. But he went to Brother Hagin and he said, now, um, it seems like we, we're not getting as much results as we should. You know, we seem like we get more results. He said, well, there's different reasons, you know. We won't get into all that tonight. But here's one of the things he said you're doing. He said, and because of this, you're not getting as many people to receive as should be receiving. He said, number one, you're only ministering one way. And that way was, for in, 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 our, in our classes, and in this particular minister's classes, that way was we were endeavoring to get them to do what the nobleman did and received healing for his son. Now, the Bible says the nobleman came to Jesus and said, uh, go over there. Come, come back to John's gospel. I, I planned on getting so much further along, but we're just, we're just having to lay a little bit more foundation here. Go over to John's gospel here. Uh, in the gospel of John, notice chapter number 4, verse number 46. Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee where he made the water wine. There was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. Now, Capernaum is a place that Jesus had a lot of results. How yeah, I many of you know there's certain cities Jesus had better results in than others? N Nazareth, he didn't get very many results because of their unbelief. Mark, uh, Mark 6 says because of their unbelief. And he, uh, verse 47, they heard, they, when he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him, this nobleman did, and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then said Jesus unto him, except ye see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Now really here he's talking about, because it can't be that he's saying you won't believe that he's healed. 
because the man did believe he was healed without a sign or a wonder in just a few verses. But what he's saying is, except you see signs and wonders, you won't believe that I'm the Messiah. That's what he's talking about. Can't be that he's saying you won't believe your son is healed because he did that in a few verses here. The nobleman said unto him, him, Sir, come down ere my child die. So this is an urgent case. This man's not just sick of the flu, you know. This man's got something that's really bad and he's, he could die any moment. In fact, he had, he had walked all the way or rode a donkey or something all the way to where Jesus was and it, it could have taken him about a day according to how far away it was. Or part of a day, most of a day. And so by the time he got there, he didn't know. He didn't have cell phones or internet. You know, he didn't know the son could have already been dead. He said, you won't believe unless you see signs. He said, my sons, come down quickly. In other words, he's urgent about it. Come down ere my child die. Before, air means before. In other words, hurry up, hurry up. He could die anytime. And Jesus said unto him, go thy way, thy son liveth. The man believed the word. Well, he did that without seeing a sign or a wonder. So that's what that meant in verse 48. You won't believe I'm the Messiah. Isn't that right? So the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, Thy son liveth. In other words, he is cured. Let's look at verse 52. Then inquired he of them the hour when he began to amend. And they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in the which Jesus had said unto him, Thy son liveth, and himself believed in his whole house. Now that means believed on him as the Messiah. Because he had already believed for his healing. Because he said the man believed the word that Jesus had said to him. Can you see that? So notice here, Jesus didn't pray for the boy. Jesus didn't lay hands on the boy. Jesus didn't speak to the devil and cast out a sickness. All those are scriptural ways. Jesus didn't say, take the boy down to the pool of Siloam and have him wash in the pool like he did, like he did another man. Jesus didn't spit, take this home, put it on his body. Jesus did, now that's the way he did somebody else. Isn't that right? But see, this time he just said, go your way, your son liveth. That's all he had. Just, just, that's all he had. Nothing else. Just, uh, what? Uh, I mean, have you know, you could be tempted to go, uh, 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 uh. well, no, Jesus, I need something more than that. But how many of you know it worked? In other words, the word was enough. Well, that's another way to receive healing. Just find Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 and say, whoop, that's enough. That's enough. He took mine. And that'll work when nothing else does. Because the Word will always work. The word, is, the word is God speaking to us. When you read Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, you read Matthew 8, 17, that it might be fulfilled, spoken by Isaiah, the prophet himself took our infirmities and bore our sickness. You read that, you can say, that's mine. Somebody said, okay, I see that in the Word, let's pray. Well, you could pray, that'd be all right. You could do that, the Bible teaches that. But you really wouldn't even have to pray. This man didn't pray. Jesus just said, go your way, your son liveth. And the man didn't say, okay, Father, I pray about that, or I pray, and I, and I, and I believe I receive. Now, he, he, that would have been okay to say, I, I, Father, I believe I receive. That would have been prayer. But he didn't even do that. He just, did, he just believed in his heart. And he, notice what it says, and he went his way. In other words, he turned around, started walking back home. Now, how many of you know on the way home, there was probably the, a few demons going, hey, what, what are you doing? This is crazy. You didn't get anything, just like he does to you. 
whenever you act on the Word, say, I take it now. And you get up and you go your way and you feel it the same as it always was. This man doesn't have any evidence whatsoever that what Jesus had said was so. But he believed what Jesus had said. See, there's enough power in the Word of God. <laughs> now come over here to the book of, uh, the book of uh, Hebrews. So these are all different ways that Jesus ministered. Jesus ministered some of these ways. A couple of them he didn't, but this one he did. Look at Hebrews here in the, uh, let's see here, the 12th chapter. Notice verse, uh, where are we at here? Why is the 12th chapter missing in my Bible here? Where am I looking for? You know, I got so many pages loose in here. Actually, it's not the 12th chapter anyway. It's the 4th chapter. I'm in the wrong chapter. 12th verse. I got my 4 and 12 mixed up. Hebrews 4, verse number 12. The Word of God. What are you holding on your lap right now? The Word of God is quick. We don't use that word today. <laughs> that means full of life. That's what it means. You look it up. It's full of life. It's alive. So this is not a, you know, you read history books. Somebody said, what's the difference between the Bible and, you know, the Bible is just a bunch of old stories. And you, no, no, this is full of life. A history book's just dead words on a page. But he said here, the word of God is alive or full of life. Now here's the next word, and powerful. So there's power in God's word. A lot of people think the power that used to be in this sort of waned or something. You know, if it waned, it's just because of your unbelief over it. Because in my life, it's active. It's, it, the power of God comes off of this regularly. Because see, I mix my faith with this. Any of these methods can get the same results, can get, can get divine healing working in your life. Yet, however, um, that there's different things that you need to understand about the different ways. So you can cooperate with God in the different methods. Now, whenever it comes to the Word of God, you mix your faith with that Word. Yeah. Mix your faith with what He said. Whenever it comes to the healing anointing, you believe in that, 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 that anointing is present, number one. When hands are laid on you, the anointing is transferred, number two. And whenever you, uh, it's transferred, it begins the healing work, number three. And then you go your way believing that you have received the healing anointing and that it's in you working in you right now. And it'll, it'll get the results. It'll bring forth the results. <laughs> oh, I've seen this. I've seen it happen many times like this. Immediately, there's some results whenever the anointing goes in. In other words, you can see some things immediately. Now, you don't have to see it or feel it for it to be worked. You can feel it sometimes because it's literally a tangible substance. But yet, right on the other hand... Uh, uh, the, uh, the anointing doesn't have to be felt, but you just mix faith with it. And sometimes I'll, I'll notice you'll get some results right away, but don't, don't cast away your confidence because God doesn't give it and then take it away. In fact, I'm convinced I've buried some people in the ground that had enough power in them to heal the disease that, that they died of. I'm convinced of that. Because whenever God ministers it, He doesn't take it away. It's unbelief that keeps it inactive. Because they go the way, well, I thought I got something, but I guess not. 
You know, they, they, they believe what they see rather than believe what the Word says. Amen. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? The power went out of Jesus into her. Jesus said, daughter, the power made you whole. No, he said, your faith made you whole. In other words, there were many people touching him that day. He said, you see the multitude thronging thee and pressing up against thee? She came in the press behind me. She, there was people pressing up against Jesus and they were touching him, but we don't have record of anybody else being healed. Why? Because power doesn't flow. Now, it, the power of God, just like electricity in the walls, can be passive, in other words, dormant. If we flip the switch off, it would stop, it would go, it would stop flowing to these lights. It would become dormant. Or it can be active by, by making, making that switch, flipping that switch, and a contact is made. As soon as a contact is made, it starts going right to those lights. And it brings forth the results that we desire. Same thing true with the power of God. It can be dormant or it can be active. What happens is people, they receive and then it remains dormant because they don't keep mixing their faith with it. Amen. Now, there's a whole lot of similarities between the healing, healing anointing and the electricity. Somebody said, well, why didn't Jesus talk about electricity then? Because they would have gone, huh? They wouldn't have understood. So he talked about the power of God and he would describe it with like water. Well, how many of you know water can flow? Yes. Same trade with electricity. Electricity can flow. But there are certain things that conduct it and certain things that don't conduct it. How many of you know if you get a, if you, if you, uh, you know, you could go over here, the boxes for the church here, the electrical boxes are, there's a, there's a men's restroom there and then kind of right behind it is where all the electrical boxes are in the utility room, you know. You go in there and pull out one of those breakers that says 220 on it pull that out, and you could stick your fingers back in there. I wouldn't encourage you to do it, but you could. And you realize, oh, there's power in there. <laughs> then you'd be singing that song, you light up my life. You know. <laughs> but, but then, see, you could, uh, or you could get a, a live copper wire, wrap it around your hand, stick it back in there. Guess what? That copper wire is going to conduct that electricity. Well, let's try a two-before. Grab on the two-before and stick it back in there. It won't conduct it. Will it? A plastic tube, you know, you know, electrical, you know, how they put, uh, well, plumbing, the plastic PVC pipe for plumbing. You stick it back in there, it won't conduct. This chair wouldn't conduct. The metal would, but I'm talking about the fabric. There's certain things that won't conduct electricity. Same thing true with the power of God. Certain things conduct it, certain things don't conduct it. Great desire don't conduct it. That's the beginning. You, whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive. Your desire can get you to the place where you say, well, I'm done with this. I'm going to use my faith, you know. But just desire is not enough. Just hoping so. Just curiosity doesn't conduct God's power. <laughs> Only faith. Everybody say, Only faith. That's what the Bible teaches. So we're going to explore all these different avenues that a person could receive. Now, the healing anointing, let's, let's finish this up talking about the healing anointing. My goodness, so many, I could go four hours, but you know, that, that'd get old. <laughs> Amen. You can only receive in your heart what your bottom can endure, you know. <laughs> it's the truth. Uh, we're all that way. There comes a place where like, 
Oh, man, I can't. So, praise the Lord. Now, let's talk about this healing anointing a little bit. Remember we said there's three characteristics to it. Well, really, there's more, but three main ones we want to point out at this point. Um, number one, it's transferable. Now, the healing anointing is not something that every person in the body of Christ has. Jesus, in Mark 16, said, Believers will, in my name, lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. That's, that's what he said, although I didn't use the, everything in the same order Jesus said it. But he said, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they'll speak with new tongues, different things. They'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's one of them, Mark 16. He said believers would do that. Somebody said, well, it never works for me. Well, then you're not a believer. Well, I believe in Jesus. Well, that's not what he said. You believe in healing. That's what he's talking about. So he said, in my name. Get that. Oh, I got so much I want to share with you tonight. In my name. So how are these believers ministering healing to that sick one? They're laying on of hands, so what's happening? He didn't say anything about any particular anointing. He just said, they're doing it in my name. They're doing it in my name. Now, Jesus, now that's just faith in the name of Jesus. You have to know something about the name of Jesus. You know, for example, that name of Philippians says, He's highly exalted Him, given Him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue. So whenever we say in the name of Jesus, we're saying in the authority invested in Him. And He gave that name to me to use to cast out demons and to heal the sick. So you're using that, you're placing the faith in the name of Jesus, just like you would sign a check if you have the power of attorney. You could sign a check for somebody else and you could do business transactions in somebody else's name. That's what you're doing using the name of Jesus. That's a different method. But there's not any particular anointing mentioned there. You're doing it in faith in the name of Jesus. You understand? So that's laying on of hands, but it's not a point of contact to transmit any kind of healing power. In this case, I'm talking about. It's just simply a point of contact to say, okay, right now we're believing God for you. You know. But then there is this laying on of hands where there's a transfer of God's power. Now, somebody said, well, I, I, I'm not a minister. I'm not called to the ministry. I've experienced that transfer of power though. Well, great. Praise God. Amen. But don't go around telling everybody that you've got a healing anointing because you might not. Right. See, God can do anything He wants through any believer that He wants. Amen. You understand? You don't, you, it might not be that way all the time. But then there's people that God calls, sets them in the church, and He anoints them with the healing anointing. Now, somebody said, who decides that? Well, Jesus does. He's the head of the church. Because remember we said over in 1 Corinthians 12 where it says, Jesus, um, he is, there are diversities of, the Greek literature says ministries, but the same Lord overall. So Jesus, the Lord, He's the Lord, isn't He? He's over the ministries. The Holy Ghost is over the manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit which can manifest through any believer. But Jesus is the one controlling who gets anointed with, who, who's, who, who becomes an apostle, who becomes a prophet. And then this healing, tangible healing anointing is the same way. Amen. Um, there's so much I want to share in you. If you don't understand all that, we'll get to it. Just hold on. See, that's the reason I can't get it all out in one service. So, but with that in mind now, let's think about this healing anointing. It's transferable. In other words, how is it transferred? Number one, it's transferred by contact. 
either the laying on of hands or we see Jesus' uh, garment could store that power. And uh, that's, that power be stored in his garment and then it would go out when somebody contacted. But it always needed contact most of the time. Now, there is a case in the Bible, and I've seen this in my own life and ministry, where you get close enough, it'll arc. It'll jump. You don't even touch it. And we'll get to a verse, I hope, in a minute where the Bible even talks about that. Well, I'll just give it to you. Remember, it's Acts chapter number 5, verse number 15, I believe. I think it's verse number 15. Somewhere close to verse number 15. I don't have to do all your studying for you, do it? Remember, the Bible says that... uh, well, in the chapter number four, it says, stretch forth your hand to heal, Lord, and do signs and wonders. Remember that? And then in chapter five, it says, great, or chapter four, it goes on, it says, with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection. And then it says that they were all in one accord in Solomon's porch over in chapter five. What is it? Verse 12 there? Verse 12. They're all in Solomon's porch in one accord. And uh, the Bible said, no man joined, dared join himself to them. The people magnified them. Remember? And then the Bible says that, um, that Peter was so under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, which was now a tangible anointing, which I'm talking about here, that the, the, they were bringing the sick out of many villages around Jerusalem. And they were laying them in the streets that it, as much as the shadow of Peter would fall on them, and they would be healed. If you would like more information about Pastor J. Everly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147 or you can write us at Spirit of Faith Family Church, Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life 